At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Hope your New Year's going well so far, guys. I hope it hasn't been too chaotic, too crazy. I know I mentioned that it was actually our 40th episode of the Los Angeles CityCast just last Friday before the new year. Which means that now we're on episode 42, and 42 always gets me thinking about Jackie Robinson, of course. And so I was reading through facts about Jackie Robinson because I wanted to do that instead of actually working. You know how you have like other things to do, but instead of doing them, you find a different task that seems important, but it's probably not. That's what this was. And <laughs> I wasn't super shocked by a lot of these. Uh, we knew he was the first African-American to play a major league sport, first African-American to be... Uh, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, first, you know, African-American MLB analyst, all of this baseball stuff. I did not know how he exited the league, former Brooklyn Dodger, by the way. Uh, he actually left to take a job at a coffee company. So here's apparently he took a position with this American coffee company called Chock Full O Nuts, which, yes, O Nuts, not of nuts. A-plus name, first of all. Where is Chock Full O Nuts now? I need to know. Uh, but he took a job with them and agreed to quit baseball. And that made him the first African-American vice president of a major American corporation. So he left baseball to help run a coffee company. Pretty interesting stuff. Who knew? He did it all, right? Uh, so 42nd episode of the Los Angeles CityCast. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening. And as always, if you can, you know rate the show thank you if you have rated the show appreciate you i see them all i really appreciate it i do and as always tweet at me because i like to talk to people uh, at danielle alvari in today's show first things first we're going to preview the 49ers at the rams it's week 18 i cannot believe i know i've said this before i can't believe we're in week 18 because first of all there didn't used to be one uh, and second of all with all of the monkey wrenches that have been thrown into this season we made it. We made it. You're sliding into playoffs at this point. 
Chargers at Raiders. We're going to talk about that one too. A lot, lot riding on that game in terms of playoffs. And then, of course, NBA. NBA has been going so swimmingly for me, guys. I really have enjoyed it. And it, But it also is one of those foreboding joys things where when you're doing really well in an area of betting, I'm just waiting for the regression to the mean to come. I'm just waiting for that to just kind of smack me over the head and bring me back down to earth. Kind of like the NFL did this last weekend, actually. For me, not a great NFL weekend. In the other weeks where people really got bloodied and beaten up in NFL betting, I just hadn't bet as much, I think. And then, you know, I had teasers hit that kind of saved my bankroll a little bit. So I hadn't really lost too much, but now I feel like I'm getting like, I mean, still we're in the positive in terms of units. Um, made some money, but it's certainly a lot. I mean, I really took a hit this weekend, so I can't wait till that happens at the NBA. That said, after we talk about football today, NBA action. Thursday, actually, Clippers at the Suns. The Hawks are at the Lakers on Friday. We'll talk about that in Friday's episode, but I do want to talk about the Lakers on Tuesday as well and how that performance looked from them, so we'll briefly touch on that as well. And then finally, have some men's college basketball to talk about really quickly because I'm scared that it's going to get canceled because they're all getting canceled, but this one hasn't been canceled yet. A quick look at USC at Cal men's basketball. Get excited. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. Like I said, NFL Week 18 Rams. Now a four-point favorite, total sitting at 44 and a half. That's, again, hosting the 49ers. Their Rams are plus 450 to win the NFC right now on Bet Rivers and 9-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. That's where they're sitting. And then Chargers and Raiders. I'm surprised we haven't really seen more movement on this, but Chargers now a 3.5-point favorite, total sitting at 49. So this was 3 and started to move up there. So people backing the Chargers at this point. Um Again, I think we saw this around two and a half, too. So it's already crept all the way up to three and a half. I don't know. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm not going to get caught up here. The NBA, though, uh, like I said, no action until Thursday. That's Clippers at Suns and then Hawks at Lakers on Friday. We'll get into that on Friday's pod. Um, but as always, you can check out futures odds, all those kinds of things on Bet Rivers. So, for example, the Clippers are 25 to 1 to win the championship right now. Nothing too juicy, but interesting. Uh, and the Lakers are 12 to 1 for your information. Can you believe that? At one point, you could only get the Lakers at like 3 to 1 or even 4 to 1 maybe. Now you're getting them at 12 to 1. Probably the best number you're going to see on them. I don't know. The trajectory they are on, who knows? But 12 to 1. You never really see that with the Lakers. It's not like the book needs money on them. You can find all these odds at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's get into it. Rams first, 49ers at Rams. Rams, a four point favorite. 44. Did I say 44 and a half? It's 44 now is the total. Um, 44 and a half is where we saw this and already movement. So yeah, 44 and four. I hate a four. I hate a four in the betting market. The 49ers, here's the situation. They're coming off of a 23 to seven win over the Texans. And as we know, the Rams at the Ravens, or maybe we don't, maybe we weren't paying attention. That's fine too. <laughs> The Rams just barely eked out a win over the Ravens at the Ravens, 20 to 19. It was a nail biter to the finish. It actually, I didn't really bite my nails, uh, and I do bite my nails. Actually, I know it's a horrible habit. Please, guys, please just, just give me this. Just give me my one flaw, please. Um, obviously, kidding. And 
but I didn't because the Rams were losing this game the whole time. They were just, they were. And so for them to come back and win it in the last moment was kind of like, oh, hmm, it's kind of nice, but they didn't cover. So pointless, pointless for me, but they are now 12 and four and the two seed in the NFC, of course, behind the 13 and three Packers golf clap for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, so currently the number two seed, that's of course, thanks to the Cardinals who beat the Cowboys last week. And the Rams also own the head to head tiebreaker over the Bucks. Uh, but a win over the 49ers this week could mean that the Rams could clinch the 2021 NFC West division title. Uh, and also the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture, which would allow them to host at least one playoff game. So that's the scenario. And if the 49ers on the other side beat the Rams, then I believe they make the playoffs. So they're really just shutting the 49ers out of the playoffs at this point as well. If they do that now, interesting trend and, probably not relevant because you guys know how I feel about trends that go back to several seasons back because those are different teams under different circumstances, some of which were not COVID, different coaches. Uh, but nevertheless, interesting stat. In these last five matchups between the 49ers and the Rams, the underdog is 5-0 and ATS in the last five, and the under is 4-1. and So that's interesting. Because I was considering an underplay on this game. When am I not? I'm always looking to play an under if I can. Um, and the way this Rams defense has been playing. Now, granted, they did not play great against the 49ers in Week 10. And we'll get into that, actually. Let's talk about it. In Week 10, the 49ers blew them out 31-10. to Something was up with this Rams defense. They're not playing the way that they've been playing these last couple weeks. Um but I do think that largely has to do with how the offense was performing, as always. I think that's been the secret sauce for this Rams team this season is when the offense is clunky. I'm going to say clunky. Then the defense has a lot more work to do, and it just it bleeds in. It bleeds in, right? And they just have a lot more. I mean, that's just in general. But it's especially true for this Rams team. So we look at the box score from that Week 10 game. The Rams only had 52 net rushing yards in that game. Uh, they had Daryl Henderson in, but no Daryl Henderson this time. Maybe we get Cam Akers back, so that's interesting. Uh, but we don't know what we're going to see from him necessarily. We know what we've seen from Sony Michelle in the last couple weeks. He only had 20 rushing yards in that game, no touchdowns. So they need to get more from him. And they've been using him a lot more, as we've seen just in these last two weeks. So get Sony Michelle going. If you can get Cam Akers in the mix, all the better. As much as you can get that rush game going, that's going to take some stress off of Matt Stafford and that passing offense. Um, and believe me, he needs the stress release. The only other thing that stood out to me too from this game was the 49ers had nine penalties, nine totaling 53 yards. Now LA had five. So it's, I mean, it's, you know, for 30 something yards, but nine penalties and they still won by 21 what were the rams sleepwalking through this game what is that and you cannot count on them doing that again unfortunately so that is also jarring to me because i'm like if, if they cut half of those in then what's the score of this game you know so very peculiar very peculiar also sf completely dominated time of possession in that game 39 minutes of that game for the 49ers pretty hard to score if you're not you know <clears throat> in possession of the ball quick football stat detail just for people who are new very hard to score when you don't have the ball so speaking of having the ball who's playing quarterback for the 49ers do we know do we know yet because that's going to affect this line one of the few things one of the few players 
is a quarterback who's going to affect this line. Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb. Is it okay? I don't know. Uh, Trey Lance was in last week, but that was versus the Texans. Playing the Texans and then playing the Rams. Like, that's literally like 0 to 100. That's trying to squat the bar and then trying to squat, you know, your body weight. It's too much, too fast. You're going to pull a hammy. So... I don't know what's going to happen if Trey Lance has to go in and face this Rams team. A rookie quarterback versus this Rams. Like, first of all, book me the Aaron Donald sack. <laughs> book me that now. I know he's going to shake this rookie up if he gets the chance. Uh, and speaking of Aaron Donald, how many sacks has this guy had? Let me see. Let me see. I mean, he's had four in his last five at least. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald has at least one sack in four of his last five. Nailed it. And nine out of his last 16 games this season. So, very interesting. Very interesting little trend. Uh, but yeah, we need to know who the quarterback is for this game before I can make any kind of definitive side, necessarily. But, like, am I betting on Jimmy G? No, I'm probably betting more on Kyle Shanahan, and only because the 49ers, what's the cliche? Like, they have the Rams number, they have them figure it out, whatever you want to say. It does seem like, you know, Shanahan's given McVay a little bit of trouble in the past, and that much has been obvious. I've seen many a game. I remember them all vividly, right? Like, I remember so many games where the Rams were playing the 49ers and just, not just barely losing, like, really losing hard. So, that is uh, not the most scientific description, obviously, for you here, but you guys get what I'm saying here. So, all that adds up to I think I mean it's hard because if we look also at this week 10 game I believe the 49ers were three and a half point dogs we're seeing them as four point dogs now do we think in that time since week 10 that the 49ers have gotten that much worse to deserve even a half a point more or is it the Rams have gotten that much better because the Rams have been stumbling and fumbling Literally fumbling, literally interceptions city, Matt Stafford. Another trend. He's thrown six total interceptions in the last three weeks, and he leads the league in them right now. He's only had six games this season with zero. So that means ten games with an interception. Um, and they've been a big deal, you know. They, they led to points. They were problems. They literally almost lost the game for them versus the Ravens last week. I mean, it was brutal. And the 49ers are going to be able to kind of cause that kind of havoc for them, create that pressure. And that's, again, why the Rams just really need to get this rush defense going. So all of that to say, it's hard to pick a side here because all of me looking at this says that the 49ers will probably hang in there. But if you look at these teams side by side, the Rams should be able to cover four, right? Like they're the better team they are built in a better way. I think Matt Stafford is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Interceptions and all, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, and you look at the coaching edge, I guess you give that to Shanahan just because history between these two coaches, history between these two teams. The Rams are built to cover this number. That's why it's there. That's why the book is favoring them the same way they favored them in Week 10. And yet the 49ers, nevertheless, they prevailed. So... This is not a game I want to bet on the Rams. It's just not. And I and I know that it affects seeding for them and stuff, but they've already clinched their playoff spot. It just kind of keeps the 49ers out of the playoffs at this point. It's great for them heading into the playoffs. If they want to be a championship caliber team, they have to take this 49ers team down. 
And they should be able to. They have the talent. They have all of the pieces they need. But will they do it? I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather take an under on this, under 44. And it's already been dropping, obviously, 44 and a half earlier in the week, now down to 44. Um, but maybe, maybe an underplay for me in here somewhere. And also, by the way, for the OBJ uh, skeptics, I'm not going to say haters, I'm going to say skeptics. He scored a touchdown in five of the last six games. I know it doesn't feel like that, but that's true. He scored a touchdown in five of his last six games. Not a big yardage, not a ton of targets, not wide receiver one, but flashy. And there when you need him, five of the last six games, pretty cool. Last note on the Rams, Cooper Cup. Hello, Cooper Cup. Can't move past the Rams without talking about Cooper Cup. He needs 11 catches to tie Michael Thomas for the most catches in a season, and he'll tie Calvin Johnson's receiving yards record if he picks up 135 on Sunday. So 12 catches to have the record, 136 yards, get him the record. Uh, but asterisk, he's doing it in a 17-game season versus 16. I'm pretty sure seasons used to be 14 games at some point too, but everybody's really bent out of shape about this. I get it. If it was me, I probably would be upset too. I'd be like, that's my record. I did it in 16 games. This is BS. But, and I mean, Cooper Cup acknowledged this. He was like, you know, I wouldn't want to take away from the people who did this in 16 games. So fine, put whatever asterisk you want on it. But either way, he's already the fourth player ever with 100 receptions, over 1,500 receiving yards, and 15 receiving touchdowns in a single season. And that's before we go to week 17. And he's had 15 games with 90 or more yards and 10 games with, 108 receiving yards or more. Over 100 yards. 10 games. Crazy. Crazy good season. So put your asterisk on it if you need it. But what a season for him. And as far as Offensive Player of the Year versus Jonathan Taylor, you could make the argument that Jonathan Taylor is more important to that team than Cooper Cup is to the Rams, but not very well. You could, you could try to make that argument. And you might be like 1% right in that direction. But Cooper Cup is the go-to guy for Matt Stafford, and they don't get a lot of these wins without him. So just hats off to Cooper Cup. But no, I don't think he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. You guys should start a ballot. I don't know. Let's talk about the Chargers really quick. Chargers in a way more precarious position. They have not officially clinched a playoff spot. I also, by the way, does anyone else hate the word clinched? I hate the word clinched. I don't know if it's because it's too close to clinched. Which is, you know, TMI. Let's just not go into it. But I really hate clinched, and it only comes up around playoff times. So luckily I only have to see it a couple times a year, but nevertheless, here we are. Anyways, Chargers have not <laughs> locked down their playoff spot, but they can by beating the Raiders. And also, I've talked about this, their win total would hit the over with a win versus the Raiders. So if you have one of those total tickets... That's something you would be looking at. Lots on the line here in these final games. Chargers are 9-7. and seven. They're the 7-seed spot in the AFC behind the 9-7 and seven Colts. Raiders, outside looking in, also 9-7, and seven, right? Chiefs obviously wrapped up the AFC West, but the Chargers can make the postseason as a wildcard team if they beat the Raiders or not at all if they lose. So you can understand why this game was moved to Sunday Night Football, 5.20 p.m. Pacific time. It's win or go home for the Chargers, right? Uh... Last time these two teams met, Chargers beat the Raiders 28-14. to I talked about this game recently, and I was thinking that it was a lot more recent than it was, but that was week four. Week four. 
primetime matchup, Monday Night Football. It does. It doesn't seem like it was only Week Four, but it does make sense because at the time, I thought this is going to be a toss-up game. Give me some points with the Raiders, and the Chargers proved me wrong. And this is the game. I don't know if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, but I'll let me catch you up. This was the game that I started to jump on the Chargers train, and that was like a couple weeks before it went off the tracks. So I barely got on, and it went off the rails. But nevertheless. It, Cause, effect? I don't know. Maybe it's my fault. But nevertheless, week four. Um, so a lot has changed for both of these teams. The Raiders are currently on a three-game winning streak. They beat the Browns. Uh, they beat the Broncos. They beat the Colts. Pretty low-scoring games in some of those two, which was interesting. I think that's more a, a sign of those teams not having very strong offenses. Not the Colts, obviously. Uh, but... Raiders are on like a little roll right now, but much like the city that they're in, Sin City, I think their luck could be running out for the reference, I guess. I think the Raiders are kind of going to hit a wall here. Obviously not in the form of the Chargers rush defense because that's still not great. Uh, but the Raiders only had 48 net rushing yards the last time they played. Again, week four, so take whatever stock you want in that. Chargers one time of possession in that as well. They had 35 minutes to Vegas' 25. And Austin Eckler ran all over them, 117 rush yards. So if you can have Austin Eckler going, just like we talked about with the Rams, get that rush def- or rush offense going in the form of Austin Eckler. That's really going to open it up for Justin Herbert. I think he had three touchdowns in this game. So who's going to stop this Chargers offense on this Raiders team? Now that said, I know there's a lot of handicappers who are on the Raiders this week that I work with. And I thought that was interesting. And I'm gonna have to circle back with them and maybe I'll have some answers for you on Friday. Uh, because I think it's, I think this is the Chargers game. And I get, I know, I've, I've been the biggest critique of them. I said, you can't trust the Chargers right now. But if there was a game that they needed to show up, would it not be this one? And just because they need to show up doesn't mean they will. I don't know. I lean Chargers in this. And last week I said I need to bet more with my gut. So maybe I'll do that. If the Chargers win, they advance the postseason first time since 2018. For the Raiders to be their first trip to the playoffs since 2016. Whichever team comes out on top, number seven seed, and will most likely face that number two seed, the Chiefs, at Arrowhead Stadium in a wild card matchup. Following weekend, playoffs are here, guys. Get excited. Coming up, NBA action. Like I said, Clippers play Thursday. We'll take a look at it. And let's talk about the Lakers on Tuesday real quick, too. That's next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at BetRiver Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, ready to get into some NBA talk. The Clippers. Let's talk about the Clippers Monday night real quick. Timberwolves at the Clippers. The Clippers were two and a half point favorites. They lost. They did not cover. I was surprised by this. I still think... <laughs> I was going to say the handicap was right. Obviously it wasn't. They lost. But I like, I like what I said about this game still. And here's why. I'm going to stand by it. The Timberwolves were on a back-to-back in case you missed it. They had just lost to the Lakers. 
They were a middle-of-the-pack offense, kind of middle-of-the-pack defense, who happened to shoot like 50% versus the Clippers on Monday night for some inexplicable reason. They had no business shooting that well. Uh, and I told you that the Clippers' magic would run out. We saw the Clippers beat the Nets with like 10 players out. They're dealing with a lot of COVID issues, injury issues, what have you. So I said they're not going to be able to do that again, and they weren't. Their offense wasn't as good. Uh, but nevertheless, the Timberwolves still won. So you start to wonder if the Clippers' defense is slipping because they're missing like half their team, that kind of thing. But nevertheless, the Timberwolves did cover. So interesting, interesting development. And a little bit higher scoring than I'm used to seeing for a Clippers game as well, especially against a not very good offense team, like not a top 5, 10 offense. So... Basically, the Clippers need to get everybody back in the lineup. Thursday night, you'll have to check and see, obviously, before the game uh, for the most updated situation. But, I mean, Batum was out dealing with an ankle thing. Zubak was health and safety protocols. Jay Scrub was questionable with COVID. Luke Kennard had health and safety protocols. Uh, Boston Jr., Hartenstein, all of them on that list. So check in, see who's playing, see who's not. That's who's been out. Uh, for the Suns, you know, Landry Shamet out COVID-19 protocols that was on Tuesday he was put in uh JaVale McGee was in health and safety protocols on December 30th so could see him back not sure um and then Aiton was in health and safety protocols on December 27th hmm. Jay Crowder on the 26th so they've been dealing with their own sense of of injuries I know Booker was out for a short period as well but he's been back, and obviously that's a key. Chris Paul back. But they definitely want Aiton out there as well, and Jay Crowder actually too. So that's interesting, right? It's interesting because the Suns are dealing with their own battle on the other side. That said, I think this Suns team is very well-rounded. They've been able to kind of fill the gaps as they've been missing people. When we look at it by the stats here, the Suns are third in the efficiency differential, and the Clippers are 15th. And that's pretty interesting because, well, so if we're new or this is a new stat for you, then join the club. This is a newer stat for me. Um, efficiency differential takes a team's points scored per possession and then subtracts their points allowed per possession. So that's just what the efficiency differential is. And obviously the more points you score versus how many you allow is how you win a game. Ta-da. Wonderful, right? Thank you for that stat. So... Suns are third. That's great here. Their offense is six in points per 100 possessions, which kind of gets rid of those kind of um, pace of play problems or, you know, those kind of things. So points per 100 possessions, six for the Suns offense. Clippers, 25th, right? We've seen this offense have sparks, have moments, but it's not consistent. Suns offense, third in effective field goal percentage. Clippers offense, 18th. And the only reason I would even see them that high is probably because they're a three-point heavy shooting team. And effective field goal percentage kind of factors that part in, that they're getting more points with the threes. Um, Suns defense, second in opponents per 100 points. Fifth in opponents effective field goal percentage. These numbers are good. You want to be lower on these. And then sixth in turnover percentage, which means that they're going to force more turnovers than the Clippers are. Um, fourth for the Clippers defense in opponents per 100 points and then fourth in opponents effective field goal percentage. All that to say, the Clippers defense is very solid. We know this already. Um, but what is it going to look like depending on who's actually out on the court? That's why this game is largely unbettable for me because I don't know what we're actually going to be looking at. And I'd love to bet an under on it, but what if it's a bunch of players that 
it's just virtually a garbage game. I don't know. So tough to say. I'm sure the Suns are going to be heavily favored either way. So pregame, probably look to the Clippers. You'll probably get a pretty big number, I would imagine, um, especially with Booker and, and Chris Paul in. I think the Clippers gave the Suns a little bit of trouble earlier this season. So, yeah, I would I would lean on the Clippers side of this because I think you're going to get good value on them. But maybe the Suns go up early. The Suns are a really fast-paced team. Um, they could come out quick and kind of go up, and then maybe you get an even better number. But, yeah, I mean, I would, I would lean towards the Clippers because I think that it's going to be not a lot of value to take the Suns. Real quick on the Lakers, too. Let's talk about that really quick. The Lakers play the Kings on Tuesday, which is not exactly a marquee matchup necessarily. But... This is a fun one for me betting uh, because I had time for whatever reason this week, especially normally I'm like, I don't know. Normally I feel like I can't even dive into props sometimes because I'm just trying to really get into these games. But as football season wraps up, I'm going to have so much more time to look just at NBA and eventually we're going to be looking at hockey as well. So if you're not a hockey fan, you will become one with me because you'll be making money doing it. So Lakers, what's been the Lakers play? Fade the Lakers, right? Or... Lakers live, which I think is funny because where do the Lakers play at the Staples Center? Well, it's not Staples Center anymore. It's Crypto.com Arena. Boo. Mm, boo. But nevertheless, what's right next door? LA live. And that's what this team is right now. You have to bet LA live. That is the best way to bet the Lakers, in my opinion, right now, uh, which take it for what it's worth. But I went a little bit more conservative here with what I decided to play. So at this point, I think it was the fourth quarter in Tuesday's game versus the Kings, the Lakers were down maybe two or three points, and there was probably seven minutes left. And the Lakers are getting three and a half somehow. Maybe they were down three points, but it was weird. They were they were getting plus three and a half, and it was kind of bouncing around. And there was a money line a couple minutes before that that had the Lakers were probably down by six or something, and the money line was plus 180, something like that. So almost two to one. It got down to like plus 150. I was trying to decide what I wanted to grab. And then I was like, I'm going to bet, you know, two units, like double what I would normally bet on the plus with the points at minus 105. No, even money, actually. Even money. I'm going to take that at even money instead of the money line at plus 150, just in case, you know, just in, just in case, just a little, you could say it's a cowardly move, but I just thought it was very uh, business savvy. It was very conservative, if you will. So Lakers plus three and a half, even money in game, boom, lock that in. And before the game, I, like I said, I had time to look at props. So I took Malik Monk over 16 and a half points because he kind of went off in the last game, if you noticed. And I noticed because I had LeBron over his points prop in the last game, which he's gone over. Uh, seven out of eight times. No, eight. Eight out of his last nine games, he scored 31 points or more. I had him over 31 and a half, and he scored 26 in their game on Sunday, and that was very frustrating to me. And I said, whose fault is this? And I looked, it was Malik Monk's because he kept getting the ball, and he had the hot hand. And we've seen that not just in that game, but in the game before that as well. And the Lakers' offense has steadily been improving in small ways. And... Malik's been a big part of that. So um, I thought 16 and a half, give me that, took that over. Malik scored 24 points. So that was killer. And then obviously the Lakers went on to win the game, uh, plus three and a half cashed easily. And then I'm like, mm, why didn't I take the money line, right? We always just wonder, why didn't I have bigger cojones in that moment? But nevertheless, happy with that because it was a two-unit play for me. 
Um, and it was an in game and it's not, it's like, I've, I mean, at least four or five times I've done this this season with the Lakers games and just got in and got a plus money, money line or plus points on the Lakers. Um, LeBron's still on their team in case you forgot. <laughs> and I mean, he's averaging like 28, 29 points per game, which is so crazy if you think about it, because there was a season he averaged 30 per game <laughs> and that was when he was like four years into the league or something. So incredible incredible value here to just play the Lakers live in my opinion they're always going to fall behind um so yeah Malik though 20 or more points in four of his last six games and they interviewed him after and he said he's been ready for this type of role and I was ready to make money off it so thank you Malik um Russell Westbrook to update we have to talk about finished with zero turnovers zero and yes he was playing the whole game <laughs> For the first time since March 14th, I'll let you guess the year in case you didn't see the graphic already. Didn't see it on Twitter somewhere. 2016. 2016. First game with zero turnovers. Is that good? Is that, Are we celebrating that? Um, no, I am. That's great. Um, Frank Vogel was very complimentary him after the game. He said, Russ is really invested in this team. He's not always perfect, but he really cares. I was proud of his bounce back performance. Now that's very coach speak, but also I cheer for my Bruins and, uh, I like that he cares. He cares and he is an aging superstar and he is doing his best and zero turnovers. And let's count that as a win. Okay. Coming up, USC at Cal men's basketball. Yes. Bring the college basketball back, please. They've been canceling UCLA games left and right. Uh, it's been terrible for everyone involved. Uh, but we are going to talk about USC at Cal real quick next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. USC basketball undefeated. Let's talk about it. Uh, first of all, USC announced that it's this is not a this is not a fun way to start. This is like a let's start with the bad news. <laughs> and then we'll get into the good news. USC announced that it is closing all indoor athletic events to the general public through Friday, January 14th. Only family and guests of team members will be permitted. That, of course, is due to the COVID case surges right now. Mm, great. And I believe Stanford canceled, you know, letting in the general public, I think, for the rest of the season. I think for winter sports. Double check on that. But I'm pretty sure I saw that as well. And it makes you wonder, is UCLA, Cal, uh, these other Pac-12 schools, are they going to follow suit? Especially the ones in California, right? Bay Area, LA, these areas that are really locked down. Um, and, you know, experiencing really high case counts. So, fun things coming, guys. But so far, so far, the Trojans men's basketball team has had one non-conference game canceled and two Pac-12 games postponed. 
And no, they have not rescheduled matchups with Arizona State or Arizona yet. I'm sure Arizona is chomping at the bit to play. They're pissed at UCLA too, I'm sure. But nevertheless, the Trojans are supposed to be on the road on Thursday. And they haven't played a game in 19 days between their last game and this game. And now they face Cal in Berkeley. So USC undefeated 12-0, first in the Pac-12 right now. 50-1 to to win the NCAA championship still. Take a flyer on that, especially for USC fan. Like, those odds aren't going to get better for you necessarily. Not really, you know? This is an Elite 18 from last year. Isaiah Mobley really been filling that role, right? He's USC's leading scorer and rebounder. He's averaging 15 points and 9.6 boards per game. He's had five double-doubles in his last six games. That includes a 21-point, 13-rebound game versus Utah in their opener last month. So... He's been hot, hot, hot. Uh, Trojans as a whole are averaging 75.9 points per game, and their opponents are averaging 60.7. So that is very interesting to me. But also what I've said about this this Trojans team, and no hate at all here, I think this is really impressive. They're 12-0. Not a ton of really tough competition yet. It doesn't mean I don't think this team is good. It's that I want to see them against some tougher competition. That would be great for me. So opponents averaging 16.7 points per game isn't shocking to me because I don't think they've played anybody stellar. Sorry. (laughs) That's just how I feel. USC is averaging 10.7 turnovers per game. I talked about that when they were playing, uh, you know, 20 days ago, that that was something they were going to have to address. Uh, They have to take care of the ball better. But fortunately, Cal is a team that also does not take care of the ball. They're averaging, what, 11.2 turnovers per game. So could be a turnover fest, could be very high scoring, in my opinion, uh, because Cal's averaging 66.9 points per game. Opponents are averaging 61.6. So pretty similar numbers there to the Trojans. I mean, notably, I mean, what, 9, 10 points less than the Trojans are averaging. But that said, both teams... Combining those, we're looking at like 140 points scored, perhaps. But I think that this Trojans defense is going to give Cal a little bit of trouble. One of my favorite expressions. I say it often on this podcast. I apologize if it annoys you. In their win over ASU, though, Cal, yeah, 74 to 50 win over ASU on Sunday. How about that for Cal? Uh, they're a big guy here, Grant Antivich. Am I saying that? Antisevich? It's a cool last name. I don't want to butcher it anymore. He recorded his fifth double-double of the season, 10 points, 10 rebounds. It's You like to say double-double and you think it's going to be cooler than that. But, you know, 10 points, 10 rebounds, cool, we'll take it. Uh, Charlotte transferred Jordan Shepard, scored in double figures. Uh, that was for the 11th time this season, so he's pretty reliable for them. Andre Kelly is the team's top scorer. He had 13 points. He's averaging 14.6. Um, yeah, I think the Trojans are going to really rough this team up. I do. I didn't even think Cal would beat ASU. I thought that ASU was the play for sure, and Cal won by 24. Now, that said, ASU, I know, uh, was dealing with, I believe, some COVID issues as well, so so hard to handicap with that in play. That said, definitely the Trojans. I'm interested to see what this line is going to be, actually, for this game on Thursday, and I really hope it's played. Please just play the game. (laughs) I'm expecting a high-scoring game here. Um Maybe even like over the Trojans team total would be interesting. Very interesting. Um, Also, I believe Cal's scheduled to host UCLA on Saturday. And it was funny because I saw on Twitter, 
uh, one of the UCLA beat reporters tweeting about a quote that Mick Cronin said about getting the players back in the gym and they're getting back to conditioning, you know, and he said that they came in and ran some drills and uh, ran some sprints, I think. And he said some of the guys were in a trash can throwing up. And I was like, who among us? What athlete among us has not come back from winter break, tried to do sprints and thrown up in a trash can, right? Um, those are just winter things. <laughs> winter things, you know. Anyways, hopefully this game happens. Hopefully I can talk about it on Friday's pod. Talk about how great of a game it was and how high scoring it was, at least on the Trojan side. But either way, come hell or high water, I'll be back. I'll be back on Friday. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Follow the pod. Leave a rating, please. Thank you. And tweet at me, as always, at Danielle Avari. Back for more fun and games on Friday. Come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.